BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. The podcast that you know. Hey, welcome into the Deuce and Mo podcast, recording this on a Wednesday night after the Kings just wrapped up back to back games. And they did something tonight that they have not done this season. What? Win both games of a back hey. to back. They get a little revenge on a Hornets team that beat them in Sacramento, and it looked a lot different this time around. The Kings offense was rolling. In the first matchup, they were held to like 104 points. Tonight, the Kings put up 123, and they beat Charlotte by 25, 123 to 98. They are now 23 and 14 on the season. Last year at this time, they were 20 and 17. Keegan Murray showed some amazing things. So Demonis Sabonis. But most importantly, we're talking about a Kings win as the road trip continues Friday in Philly. 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 Can Philly. you feel it? Yeah. <laughs> so much to talk about tonight, including Siakam news, stuff around the league, and tonight's game. I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. Each and every one of our podcasts presented by friends over at Northwest Exteriors. Check out TrustNorthwest.com. Morgan Reagan. Welcome back from San Francisco. So glad you made the drive, and now you're here in studio. Let's have some fun tonight. Let's have some fun. I'm so excited to be back. How you doing? Um, I forgot. That's always the first question you, you ask. You got to check in. You know, temperature check. How you doing, huh? I think I'm okay. Oh, oh you're good. Wait, let me check your temperature now. Hold on. What? Why? Is your temperature here? Ow. What was that for? <laughs> because you pushed a little too I hard disagree. on my forehead. Check the tape. Uh, yeah, like we continue to do. Um... Yeah, I I am good. I am so glad that the Kings got a win. Um, it's like you said, the feeling that we have been feeling after some of these losses, oh. and then even with some of these wins when they're in a hole and then they have to come back or they give a team a 47-point first quarter that's shooting 76% from the field, and you're like, oh, that's not good. It's uh, nice that it was just like <laughs> taking care of business. Pretty much from the start. It's refreshing, right? It, and yeah. I called it boring. Boring's not the right word. It was a stress-free victory for the Sacramento Kings. How many SFVs have they had this year? Not many stress-free victories. You like that? SFVs? Uh, we should start keeping track as, of SFVs this year. It's just really hard to say. Sizz. Let's keep track of Sivs this year. Uh, tonight was probably one of the first Sivs of the season. Unless you put Memphis in there. 
they haven't really yeah. had a game like this, and this is what they're supposed to do. This Hornets team, uh, I think they had lost 13 of 14 coming into tonight. Okay. Their only win during that stretch was in Sacramento against the ah, Kings, right? So of course. I was interested to see, all right, how are the Kings going to respond? That first quarter in Detroit was hideous, but then they played some great defense from quarters two through four. What were they going to look like on the second night of a back-to-back? And, man, they were throwing some adversity early in this game. Bizarre, right? Because you're watching the first, like, minute, and you're going, like, Kevin Herter's limping. Did something happen? You didn't really see what happened, but he took a weird step. On the opening tip-off, it looked like he might have stepped on Keegan Murray. Correct. And then he tried to play through it. He eventually just fouled a Hornets player, and just walked off the yeah. court to the locker room, did not return. He left at the 11-19 mark of the first quarter. So some early adversity for the Kings, and then they went to Chris Duarte to fill his void. Yeah, I mean, that alone, you know, you you talk about how weird uh, the rotations, the starting lineups have been, the inconsistency to it. And it's like, okay, Kevin Herter's finally getting this uh, chance back in the starting lineup, and that happens. And so, okay, well, Chris Duarte was starting some of these other games. He had a DMP last <laughs> That was night. my first reaction, too. I'm I like, was telling Jason Morales, I'm like, this guy went from not playing yesterday. Not, he went from not starting to not playing DMP correct. to now he's playing. And he ended up only playing 13 minutes and 45 seconds in this game. But, yeah, so Kevin Herter left, and, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, but it obviously did not look good, and so you just hope that he can, you know, get back fast. I get better. Hopefully it's not too serious because he had that game, that blow against the Pelicans where he looked like he was having some better moments. Last night against Detroit, he was missing all of his shots, but like I thought, better even defense. I went back and watched some of it last night because I'm a sicko. And I'm like, he was engaged defensively, mm-hmm. team defense, deflections, blocked a shot. I thought he set up some bonus a couple of times, some nice passes by him. And he was finding a way to impact the game. So I was bummed for him against a team like Charlotte that gives up a lot of points that he wasn't able to, you know, be out there and show what he can do. Yeah. And especially because the game ended up being like this too. So it's like, you know, him just showcasing his talent, not only because there's all those rumors and talks around, but I think even just for him, his confidence, uh, showing what his value can be and showing up for Mike Brown and the rest of the team. Yeah. It was, it was tough to see early adversity, like you said, but it, didn't phase the Sacramento Kings throughout this one. Where do you want to start with this game tonight? <clears throat> as the Kings got win number 23 on the season. I would like to start with uh, two things. I want to start with the Sacramento Kings and their starting lineup because I think that's like just a good place to start with the tone being set. But I also just really quick wanted to mention too, um, just another shorthanded, unhealthy... Hornets team, PJ Washington out. We already knew Lamella Ball, Gordon Hayward. Uh, Martin was somebody. out yep, too. Yep, yep. And so, so anyway. Glad so, you mentioned that. Yeah, I failed to mention the fact that they're still without Lamella Ball. No Gordon Hayward, mm-hmm. no Mark Williams. Yep. And of course, no Martin tonight. Yeah. And then no PJ Washington. So some key pieces out tonight Absolutely. for the Hornets and for a team that's already not good. And, that's, and so going into this one, though, I'm like, Okay, sometimes it doesn't matter for the Sacramento Kings when these other guys start playing. They start playing a little bit tougher, right? They want to show up their value, show what they can do out there when they're getting these NBA opportunities for some, and then for others, just showing what they've been able to do within their NBA career. So it was nice to see the Kings starting lineup uh, come out really strong. And well, 
I didn't even feel like it was super strong right from the start. It felt like it was a little sluggish. The crowd was uh, a little dead. All those things were coming into play, but they figured it out quick. And I just thought rotations looked so together. They looked so much more engaged. And when they really started to get things going, they just didn't look back. Yeah, they definitely didn't get off to a great start. I thought defensively early on, I'm like, okay, guys, like, what's going on here? Line and drives. Yeah, Miles Bridges had a couple of line drives. He got a switch on the Lyles, went right around him, easy score. And you're like, you can't be making it this easy. You know, it, you know. and I, I understand for Sacramento, it's like Keegan Murray's their one wing defender. But, man, it felt a little too easy. But they closed that first quarter well. That's De'Aaron Fox was. hit that buzzer beater at the end of the first, and it put the Kings up 33-28. to 28. So, you know, after a little bit of a slow start, mm-hmm. they got it going, and they took the lead, and then they kind of just ran away from it from them from there yeah and it, it was and that's what i i was excited to see like you said uh no uh, low stress no stress type of game where you never felt like it was going to get out of hand again or the sh- the hornets were going to come back and grab this one again and that's where i want to start with giving credit to uh the starting unit or the start just some of the individuals within the starting crowd um let's start with keegan murray Whew. let's just go there let's go there he continues to show these flashes and it's happening more and more. You know, it felt like in summer league, you're like, oh, you had that big summer league game. You're starting to see a little more. And it seems like after a slow start, he's really come into a good rhythm. He's had a couple of dips before the last two games for sure. And consistency is going to be the biggest challenge for him, as it is with a lot of young players. But Morgan, this is where you got to take advantage of a team. And I feel like tonight... In the last couple of games, Keegan is getting more comfortable being assertive and aggressive, going out like, oh, I've got a mismatch here. Yes. My first instinct isn't to pass the ball. And I felt like last year and even stretches, you know, he falls into these lapses where he's a little too passive. That wasn't the case tonight. Yeah. He was really fantastic. And it's not just hitting the three. He was doing such a great job. Attacking the rim. And uh, I mean, attacking the rim in uh, every part of the floor. I mean, baseline jumpers, you're seeing him in the mid range, you're seeing him go aggressively to the basket, could be high off the glass or it can be throwing it down. Finish with both hands, too. Finishing with both hands. It has just been so fun seeing his game evolve on that end of the floor. And I felt, I felt like this is what we did a lot with Deer and Fox last year when we were like, oh my God, like, Every single game, it was we could talk about him, his growth, what we were seeing. And the fact that this is year two for Keegan, and it's so, been so fun that even if we're not talking about a hot offensive night, you're talking about what he was still capable of doing on the defensive end or crashing the boards. And even tonight, he finished with six rebounds, three assists, right? So all across his stat line looking pretty good, but really his efficiency. I mean, we talk about a guy that is putting the ball on the floor more and being aggressive, but he's ta- his shot selection is just absolutely brilliant, I feel like. It is it is uh he knows what he can do on the floor. He knows the personnel, he knows who he can elevate over whether it's just with his shot or even if it's at the rim. And I just think his quick decision making and how he's playing the game on that end of the floor is just brilliant. He had a play where he got the ball into the corner. They had the he got the ball in the corner. 
Defender goes out to close out on him. He puts it on the floor. There's two guys at the rim to like try uh-huh. to contest it. And he still went to finish. And I'm like, you know, last year he's going a little soft. Maybe he's not even driving or he's being indecisive. Passing it away. Right. Not making a quick decision. He's attacking then getting blocked. This isn't the case this year. I think his body control is so much better. His ability, like I said, to, to finish with both hands. And then I, I like tonight. Something that I think I want to see more of going forward is the two-man game with him and Sabonis. Yeah. That can be lethal. A Sabonis, Keegan Murray, two-man game, pick and roll. And tonight, uh, Sabonis set him a screen, and Nick Richards switched on to Keegan, and Keegan took advantage like you're supposed to do. And yep. Some of this stuff is like, are you giving him credit for doing that? It's like, no, I'm looking for growth. When I evaluate some of these young guys in the league, I'm going, are they making these slight jumps? Are we seeing improvement game to game? He's clearly a better player than he was last year, but now he's a better player than he was last month. He's doing it more consistently. The shooting is there, and it's been there over the last 20 games. He is shooting red hot from beyond the arc. Tonight, he scored 25 points. He had six rebounds, three assists. He did on 11 of 18 shooting, three of seven from downtown. The next step of his development to me, one, consistency. Two, keep attacking and get to the free throw line. I want to see him get to the line because I think he's a guy that can knock down free throws. He did not shoot a free throw in this game tonight, but I love what he did. You know, that that like I said, that Keegan... Sabonis two-man game. I mentioned the switch, but then he had another play where they played a little pick and roll, and he threw a beautiful pass to Sabonis. A nice little bounce pass, Sabonis finished bucket. And I think Sabonis had a nice little bounce pass in between defenders, pocket passers. I mean, it yeah. where he was where Keegan was cutting baseline, I think it yes. was, and it was just they fell asleep and Keegan read the defense and went, Oh, they're not even paying attention to me. I'm that, cutting. Even that, just giving credit and love to him his timing and understanding when to move without the basketball. And you just, you can't, you, you cannot just leap over the little things, especially when a guy is in his second year. And I think sometimes that's why with Keegan from what he did last year as a rookie, as a shooter, there's so many people around the league are like, yeah, no, we get it. He's a good shooter. That's great that you need to have that. And it's like, no, he is so much more on the offensive end. And, I just didn't expect his game offensively to take this type of leap. Like, I knew he was going to feel confidence with uh, being empowered by Mike Brown and his teammates, or even Mike Brown being like, if you don't shoot that effing ball in the corner, uh, you're going to sit. Like, you're not you're not going to play. You're going to sit if you don't shoot the ball. And putting that little pressure on him and um, giving him a little bit more of that, hey, I want you to shoot and miss, even if that's going to yes. be the case. Like, yes. Be aggressive because sometimes our best option on offense is going to be when you're being one of the bigger threats out there. And that's just, you're, you're seeing him really understand that, but then he's not just taking any shot. He's being so selective with his shots. Did some of the mid-range shots, I mean, that step back he has now, the little fall away mid-range jumper. I said to Mike Bibby, I go, I go, uh, mid-range shots, you know, like really are near and dear to your heart. And he's just like, he goes, yeah. He looked like, like KD tonight with he, his little step back mid-range shot. He did. And, and Mike talked about like, yeah, you know, the game going away from that. And, and I'm like, nah, Mike, 
It's it's not only is it like still there. I was like, it's coming back like fashion that goes out of style, but it's just still cool and it's always going to be you timeless. Know, like that is the mid range shot for so many people that can actually execute it in this league. Yeah, and I think it's just like anything. You know, the league went so far away from it from a while Correct. for a while. Where it's hey threes layups, that's all you want, but. The ability mm. to score at all three levels mm. is key. Like, that, mm. what, what do you mean? Like, no. Like, if they take away the three, if you're not comfortable taking the mid-range shot, well, what are you going to be? So you have to be comf- uh, comfortable at all three levels. So. And the ability of not only being comfortable at all three levels, but then also being able to execute all three levels at with a different type of shot. For example, being able to do a step back, fade away from mid-range, being able to do a step back um, from beyond the arc. Being able to do a floater and having that finesse coming off your fingertips, it, I'm telling you, it is just, I mean, you all probably know this, it is not an easy thing to just be able to get that feel, to get that touchdown, and he is finding that even trying to take contact um, with the NBA pace and everything. Yeah, and that's the next step is to keep playing physical. You know, I liked even tonight, man. I mean, last night he's diving on the floor for a Mm. loose ball. Tonight, you know, he... He got irritated with himself because he missed a shot, got a rebound, lost it, and then he forced a jump ball because he's going after the ball. I'm like, I need that physicality from you. You're not a small person. You know, you've got great size. You've added strength this offseason. Be aggressive, but most importantly, stay confident. His last 15 games, Morgan, he is averaging 19 points a game, 52% shooting, 45% from three-point land, and 5.3 rebounds along with one steal. That's over the last 15 games for the Kings. It's the real effing deal. Believe it. Believe it. I'm glad you're saying that, because that's where I was going to go with this. Oh, thank God. You know, we get excited sometimes, man. We get, we get excited. Hey, Sports fans, we get excited. We've grown. We've matured, though. For sure. A little bit. A little bit, not much. Yeah. But I feel so confident in his ability to be such a stud NBA player. And I feel like the more I see him, the ceiling keeps going up, 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 up for him mm-hmm. and the Kings at that mm-hmm. point, because he has taken steps that. on both ends. Like you mentioned that I don't think I thought was going to be possible in year two. Like, thank you. Uh, we, we've, we talked a lot about the offense, mm-hmm. but let's not brush aside what we've seen defensively from Keegan Murray. Thank you. And that's been consistent since game one this year, where we're like, oh, is this defense good? And the more you watch him, like, yeah, he's pretty good. No, he is their best defensive player tonight. It just seems like he can guard so many positions out there. He was switched on to Terry Rozier, Mr. Bucket. Well, Terry Rozier's got some handles. He can create yeah. his own shot. He stayed with him. He was in the proper stance. He didn't get lost and start falling over all over himself. No. Rozier got a little bit of a step. Keegan recovered and had an amazing contest. He uses his length. He uses his intelligence. He uses his strength to be able to defend multiple positions. And now I'm watching this young player who's literally still in the early stages of his second year in the NBA Mm -hmm. take a monster leap defensively and showing what he can do offensively. I think he looks like he's got all-star potential. Yes. And are you t- are you tapping the brakes on that? You ready for no? Oh, okay. oh no! I'm pushing the gas on that. And oh, <laughs> here we go. You know how I like to be very rational with my oh. takes. I like to. Can I just say 
Morgan being a little irrational with Deuce right now? No, no, no. I'm not used to no, this. No, no, no. I'm used to you hitting me down. I'm so confident that this is not irrational. Oh, boy. And I will tell you right now, I am a fence sitter, and I enjoy sitting Doesn't on the fence. Sometimes? Nope, it feels great on my ass, and I just watch and Pause. I sit yeah. and I go, okay, that looks good. I analyze. I'm very rational with my takes, mm. and I will tell you this right now. And I feel like this is being rational. And so many people, especially around the league, and especially people that don't watch the Sacramento Kings enough, are definitely not going to agree. But I think Keegan Murray could be on the tr- on the right track to go in that direction of. I'm not going to full on do the comp of do it, do one it. player. Do no, it, I'm not going to do comp you. of one player. But I'm just I'm more you. saying demeanor, demeanor, and where they can become that two way guy. And let's go even the Kawhi Leonard direction and you go demeanor alone right hold on personality demeanor alone Kawhi Leonard didn't take that leap until year five year five and Keegan Murray is not near that leap quite yet but he but how can you tell me right now from year one to year two he's not getting there or he can't keep going in that direction I know he doesn't have the shoulders and the strength again year two people year two we are in right now Kawhi Leonard did not take that leap until year five so my point is with this, why, why, if our eyes are showing us something with this young guy, why not believe our eyeballs and where this could actually go? And I did not do this. I did not do this with De'Aaron Fox even. I was always a De'Aaron Fox truther. I, I didn't know it was going to go in this direction. I, you could even go back to Tyrese Halliburton. I always knew that he was going to be a good player. I didn't know. I couldn't even have the take that yeah. he was going to take this leap with his playmaking ability and being able to shoot the ball so well. And also just um, speedy recovery for Tyrese Halliburton, hoping for that. But my point is, is like, I don't take the, I don't have these takes often. And with Keegan Murray, I feel very confident with saying that. Very confident. I see what he does at his size. Correct. And the leaps he's taken, and I go, oh, and I know what he's about. The guy likes basketball. He loves basketball. That's what he does, and he's a great teammate. He wants to get better. I dig everything about him, you know? And I think part of it, too, is, like, you try to, like, hey, you don't want to get too excited, right? Because Sacramento, over the years, you've gotten excited about things. You've gotten excited about lottery picks. I'm saying fans in general, like me, like... (laughs) I mean, young Deuce was like, dude, I'm t- Spencer Hawes, man, I'm telling you, he's a seven-footer, he can shoot the three. Spencer, I bought his jersey. Well, that, yeah, you know, 10-year you NBA player, but like, let's, let's settle yeah. down, right? Yeah. We've all had our tough moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm with you where I, I, I see the upside in him and, you know, the, the talk about him before the draft was like, you know, what's the ceiling? He just looks like he's a solid player. Is it, is the guy soft? was that Is that guy was a you know he was a late developer you know mm-hmm. and he just got better and better so yeah i'm i'm just i'm confident in in his ability of where he's going to take his game and here's one more reason or take or angle deuce i really just want to hit on as we're talking about keegan murray you look at and i know we'll talk more about pascal siakam and everything that was happening in the news today of what we hear heard yeah. about him um but i go Okay, well, if you trust the future, if you have the patience to trust the future with Keegan Murray taking another leap or being that third guy and still trying to obviously make tweaks and make this team better, if you feel like that is the direction you need to go with him, 
One, yeah. you do not ever put him in trade conversations. And they're not. And that's the reality. Go ahead with number two, because I have something after this. And I forget number two, so go. <laughs> no, we have some mutual friends that work in the league, not for like a team. They're just, they work in the NBA. And they were, were we, te we text about basketball a lot, you know, and they were like, oh man, if you, you have a chance for Siakam, you trade Keegan. Like, what are you even saying? And I'm like, guys, you got to watch Sacramento more. No, I, Thank you. People, and there, I know there's you. even Kings fans are like, hey, man, if you want to take that jump, like, who cares? Go get another all-star. Go tr trade Keegan for that other all-star. I'm like, I am not trading this guy because he has everything that you've been searching for. Sacramento, for years, has been searching for, like, a small forward, a wing player yes. who could do it on both ends. Let's. It's tough to go over the list of Kings small forwards over the years. And I look at Keegan, actually, you know, it's like positionless. Like, I mean, he, to sure. me, he plays some shooting Even guards, small forward, power forward. But my point is a wing player. It's Ron Artest, Peja, Rudy Gay, and Harrison Barnes a couple of years ago. It's not a deep list. Mm -hmm. Don't drop Andres Nocioni in the chat. It, it's not the deepest of lists, right? So wh why would you look to get a what? And I get it too. It's this thirst to like take a jump. And man, maybe you can move him and get really. No, 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 no. Patient. I'm with be you. Be patient because I you. really think the Kings have something special. And you know what's going to be great? If we're wrong, people are going to clip this and make and fun of us forever. Will, and, and we will go, talk about how we were wrong. We're right. We're right. I'll wrong. be like, okay, maybe. Yeah. Wait, so maybe I don't understand basketball development. And I would take a step yeah. back. Absolutely. And uh, again, this is coming from someone who never has any take that is even spicy hot or even temperature hot of any type of hotness. And I don't even think this is a hot take. I just think it's a it's a very confident take for me. That is all. I'll say. Of course, now I got people in the chat dropping old King Small Fords, Lionel Simmons, John Salmons. Yes. We had two stints of John Salmons. Two. The first thing I actually was, you know, I kind of bought into a little bit. James Anderson got mentioned. There's a clip somewhere. Travis Outlaw. Young Deuce. Mm -hmm. I, I was like, when, when they got Travis Outlaw mm -hmm. after, I think he was amnestied by, was it the Nets? Or he went Blazers Nets? Anyway, it's been a while. I remember going, hey, man, I like Travis Outlaw when he was with Portland. I kind of like that. Mm -hmm. Walt, mm. Walt Williams being mentioned with his high socks. Yeah. Um, the, the point is, it hasn't uh, been the best spot for the Sacramento Kings over the years. And now you, you, you finally... Have this guy yeah. who's young. He checks all the boxes. You're like, man, if we all could just boxes. get like a six eight six nine guy who can shoot, play defense, and maybe even do a little more, you're like, yeah. Oh, he's on a rookie contract. What? Oh, he's a really good guy, too. What? Great team. Yes! He's here. Don't let him go. You don't let him go. Thank you. That's all. Um, I'm surprised no one's noticed the shirt I'm wearing. I don't think anyone understands your shirt, but the the people that understand that like really go dive deep into. I'm Kings. clipping this later. Okay. And I'm putting it like a Keegan clip on YouTube and Iowa fans will know this. Oh, I love it. Show it. It says fresh on it. And no, it's not for Scott fresh hour. Hey, I'll play you for it. So Dylan, one of my best friends for Christmas got me this shirt. And I'm like, wait, I don't even know the reference. And then I realized the reference. It's actually from this very obscure commercial uh, from <laughs> this restaurant 
called Estella's. And Keegan Murray and his brother did a commercial. I'm going to play a little clip from it. It's so stupid. Hey, Chris. What's up, Keegan? What you got in the bag? Estella's burrito, chips, and queso. I'll play you for it. You and me for my Estella's burrito? First one to miss has to watch the other one eat. Okay. Anyway, it's a very corny commercial. You can it's search it on YouTube. I'll, I'll get you up the link anyway. Anyway, so my friend Dylan got me this for Christmas. A very obscure gift. It's a very nice gift. I mean, like, Hilarious. he really dug deep and um, yeah. got you something special and meaningful. <laughs> Fresh. I will say this. I'm the only person in Sacramento who has this shirt. And you know who else should have it? Who? Scott, Scott Fresh Scott Hour. Scott Fresh Hour. You're right. Scott. You should have given it hour. back. You should have given it to him. Yeah. For Christmas. No, he can get or he, I'm just gonna just text him later and be like, this is for you. Oh, such a corny commercial, and I love it. Uh, appreciate the chat for helping us out tonight. Make sure to hit the thumbs up. Make sure you're subscribed. We got a lot of people in here. Please do that. We're gonna take some calls on Discord and on Twitter spaces later on in the back half of the show. Wow, did we spend a lot of time talking about Keegan Murray? I mean, yeah, but well deserved. It's one of those games. And, and I also like the fact that tonight it's like these are the games you you want your guys to play well and then not play. in the like Keegan Murray didn't play in the fourth quarter. Sabonis didn't play in the fourth. Keegan had that 25 in 31 minutes. And then the next guy, I, I called him today on NBC Sports California, the most underappreciated player in the NBA. Ooh. Demonis Sabonis. Ooh. 24 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 9 of 13 shooting in 28 minutes. In 28 minutes. Take advantage of these bad teams, right? But this is not just doing it against bad teams. This guy has been a man on a mission. In 2024, which is like the last five games, yep. it was coming into tonight, like 24 points a game, almost 16 rebounds, 9 assists. And I, I think he's just coming out lately so much more aggressive. And maybe he understands that this is what this Kings team kind of needs to take the step because they've had these weird starts. They've had moments where they get blown out where he's like, no, like I am coming out with a different level of force. He always plays hard, but I feel like it's even gone up a That's little it. bit more. Deuce, because you're... You're exactly right. He always plays hard. You never have to. Do. Sometimes, sometimes even if he's off, he's more frustrated with himself because he's trying so hard and he's still off. You know, like that's going to happen. But for the most part, this guy is consistent. And this guy has been playing with a consistent type of force like you said. And that force is really understanding his strength and what this team needs. And I'm talking about his physical strength. I'm not talking about his strengths and his skill set. I'm talking about his physical strength, his ability to push through guys in their chest on the offensive end of the floor, scoring in the paint, and then on the defensive end. I mean, oh, the guy that that isn't going to protect your rim because he's not going to get a whole bunch of blocks. I mean, he had that nice block tonight, but on top of that, that Force again, his presence is being felt in the paint with just his body, his arm staying up and vertical. And, and on top of that, you got a big with the ability to rotate and move from side to side, move laterally with a player if need be, if they put the ball on the floor. He can seriously do it on. He's also someone that is like, feel like his game is, is really growing in 2024. 
his last 15 games, because we talked about Keegan's last 15, Damas mm-hmm. Sabonis' last 15 games, he's averaging 23 points a game, 13.3 rebounds, mm. nine assists on 65% shooting and 40% from three. He's only taken one three per game, but those are crazy ass numbers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think even in Sacramento sometimes, you know, when we do these shows, we're kind of glossing over the fact, oh, yeah, so, so, so Sabonis had 2015. Uh, anyway, De'Aaron Fox tonight, you know? and We've done that. I think we can all do a better job. Like, dude, don't take this guy for granted. Mm-hmm. He's putting up numbers that y- you don't see a lot of players accomplish. He's having, it's not just emptiness either, right? He's got nine triple doubles this year. The Kings are seven and two when he has a triple double. His triple doubles aren't 10, 10, and 10. They're like 23, 15, and 12. They're loud. So he's had 20, 20, 10 triple doubles. They are loud. You notice them, you feel them. He's been unbelievable. And tonight, three assists away from a triple double. Yeah, you know, they I mean, try to get it to him. And, but then, you know what I love tonight? They didn't have to play him. Uh-uh. That guy's on the second night of back to back. When was the last time we could watch a Kings game and Mike Brown's not playing his guys in the fourth it's quarter. It's because there's been Dear so God. many games this season that will be like, okay, this is one of those games you want to make sure your guys are getting rest in the fourth quarter. We've said that, and then, like, Houston Rockets, bullshit blowouts, <laughs> all these weird things happening. And finally, in this game where we're just like, can they find a way to get a win against a team that they already lost to, like, last week? Not only did they find a way to get a win, they yeah. found a way to get the win the right way. And the right way was being able to sit their starters, was um, making sure that they had control all the way through the end. And a big part of that is because of Domas Sabonis, his ability to make all of his teammates better. Um, and I will mention this again and again and again, Deuce. I think it is so special how he is able to grab a rebound and just be your point five. It's not even, it's not even like, oh, get it to De'Aaron. And and that's that's the plan. It's better you're better off getting it to De'Aaron so he can go downhill or so he can initiate the offense. It's nope. Domas knows what he's doing, and De'Aaron will run off of that and make sure to make Domas look good, and Domas will make well, him look good. Man, even tonight, I felt like Keegan was running off of it pretty he well was. in transition where he was making sure to sprint to the corner and yep. you know create off of that, come off of that action where you know you talk about all the threats around the Kings. When the Keegan's shooting the ball like he is, you got Sabonis pushing, and you've got Fox on the floor. That's an explosive offensive trio, and that's tough to defend. My God, man. I know. Some fun I'm fired stuff. up tonight. Oh, good. Um, tonight, though, I, I'm curious what you thought about the defense because the numbers on paper are like, wow, you held a team to under 100. Mm-hmm. And in the second half, check out these numbers for the Hornets. The Hornets had 39 points in the second half. They were 12 of 41 shooting. I did that 29.3%. In the, they shot 29% mm-hmm. yep. in the second half. Uh, how much was a uh, good Kings defense? How much was it? Oh, the Hornets are missing a lot of key pieces and like they're getting blown out. Both, but I'm going to okay. give more credit to the Kings defense. Why right is now. that? Because when I was watching the rotations and every guy get to their spots and get there on time and yes. take away a baseline, take away a sideline, uh, um, switch, navigate a screen the right way. It was all those little things that were going down from the second quarter on. I mean, end of the first, but second quarter on where I was just seeing, and it's not even to say I was seeing perfect defense. I was seeing locked in, engaged defense with all the effort that needed to be there. Communication. Yes. 
rotating mm. well, competing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those are things that you, as a coach, you're like, just, can you guys just do that every night? Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're still going to get beat defensively, especially against better offensive teams than the Hornets who are extremely shorthanded, but the compete level just has to be there. And, you know, I, and then you have guys off the bench. I thought, again, Trey Lyles had some really good defensive moments in this game. Thank you for playing Alex Len again. Please, like, let's keep this guy going. What, Alex Len, by the you. way, got the defensive player of the game crown tonight. He had he, yeah. eight points, 10 rebounds, and a block. And a steal. And he did that in 15 minutes. Yep. Four or six shooting. And uh, it wasn't just blocking shots. He had a nasty block, but just being a presence in the paint, being long and contesting shots. That's it. And, that's, and, and when he came in, you noticed his presence and I felt like you noticed his presence on both ends of the floor too. It was, uh, it was like, he was that threat. He's not just your backup big that comes in there and goes, okay, I'm going to replace. I'm just here to fill in while Sabonis gets some rest. So we'll go from there. It's like, he has a completely different identity, a completely different game than their starting big and Domas Sabonis. And it works. It works so well. And I never thought that we'd be talking about Alex Len like this. I really didn't, you know, like I I thought the way that we even started this season with JaVale McGee being that first guy Mm -hmm. coming off the bench. And then finally Mike Brown going back to Alex Len. And then um, it felt like that things were going well, gets injured, has to go back to JaVale McGee. Like a lot of that stuff has also screwed with the rotations, but Alex Len, I just feel so confident whenever he's on the floor. The baby day says, I love when Malik or Fox use land like a wave just down the middle. I like that. Also, one of my favorite things about the chat is when people are in a good mood and I'm assuming everyone's in a good mood. We have reached a point where after I brought up the fact that the Kings haven't had many good small forwards that people start naming small forwards. Now the chat has evolved into people just naming former Kings players <laughs> and it's a trip down memory lane. My favorite part about that though, Morgan is the fact that the people who are in the chat naming these, they're not just naming names from the last 10 years. They're going deep in the bag. Like they know this team. Yeah. We don't have a whole bunch of casuals in the chat. Tonight. No, that's it. That's fun. And there's a lot of you tonight here live. Yep. And so thank you guys one for doing that, but also great job with a lot of these names and um, really just knowing, <laughs> knowing your team, knowing your organization. Oh, it's amazing. It cracks me up. Cute. Um, so, so the defense. Yeah, no, I was really pleased with the defense tonight. Even Juan Scano Anderson, who's super chaotic, I thought he came in and you, you see why Mike likes him, right? Because he know he's familiar with him and he knows what he is going to bring on that side of the ball. And a lot more love too, again, to De'Aaron Fox and his defense. I think that oh, was something yep. we talked a lot about. How do you last start the night? second half? Forcing a turnover, steal, layup. There you go. And and it was his pressure defensively. Another thing that doesn't get enough credit. I mean, you look at a team like the Milwaukee Bucks who are struggling defensively. A team that has, oh, you look at their second line of defense, Brooke Lopez, Giannis Antetokounmpo, like, they got to be all right, right? I mean, they're 20-something, they're a defensive rating, like, or it's just, it's not good for them right now, right? right. They were near the top last year. And yes. now without Grayson Allen, Drew Holiday. And that's Woo. my point. And that's my point. And I think the love just needs to be given to that first line of defense and to the perimeter defense and that pressure and what that can really do. And De'Aaron Fox has taken such 
uh, another step defensively to really understand the importance of that and setting that tone, not only for the team defense, but I think that is truly contagious to his teammates going, okay, if he's going to work that hard, like... Let's go. Let's get up and get it. And that's what you're seeing from De'Aaron. Just another another really good defensive performance from De'Aaron. Yeah, and he still looks a little off. You know, at one point he was grabbing, grabbing his that side. Left, his left side, a hip area. I don't know. He got hit, and then he was grabbing it. He grabbed that a couple of games ago against the Pelicans, too. So something to kind of watch. The Kings are off coming up until Friday when they take on the Sixers. But tonight, Fox at 19 points. 8 of 14 shooting. Looked a lot more comfortable out there with the shot. I mean, the three-point shot, he's shooting with tremendous confidence. Three of seven. But, man, I think someone in the chat mentioned it earlier, and I'm sorry, I'm not, I forget who said it. But, man, he loves that strong drive, one-foot plant, step-back mid-range shot. Mm-hmm. It is just money. It's money because just money. your momentum as a defender yep. is going completely one way. Like, you're going, okay, this guy's going all the way to the rack. So, like... You're going with him, trying not to foul, trying to stay in front and defend. But his that is so difficult when you're that fast of a human being to be able to stop, step back, pop, whatever it is in his motion that he does in that mid-range. It is, it is beautiful. It is art. A couple of other things about the game, and then we got to get to our rock and soul player of the game moment of the game. We saw that later on. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw some different guys in the rotation. All of a sudden we saw Colby Jones get some minutes tonight. He came at the three twenty eight mark of the first quarter with Malik Monk, Keegan, uh, Lyles and Sabonis out there. Sometimes I go, is, and then he was out at the two Oh four mark. I go politics shopping. What are they doing? Like I'm always thinking behind the scenes. Stuff oh, just now. like the random, like, wait, why is he randomly yep. in there? He's been playing well in the G league and I, I would yes, love to see has. him get more opportunity. But you know, to me, it's like, I don't know what you got out of that minute 24. He was in the game in that first half or in the first quarter. He did come back in, in the second quarter. Colby ended up playing tonight, 13 minutes. He did not score. So he didn't really do much. Uh, but it was good to see Colby Jones out there. And we got to talk about someone who did not play. There was one player who did not play tonight that I know a lot of people are curious about, including our friends in Bulgaria. Oh. Uh, we got more coming up, but we need to mention before we get the calls and all that, our podcast presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors. Morgan Reagan. I'm all about a local business who understands Sacramento, mm-hmm. who's been in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. It's loyal to Sacramento, and they do amazing work. If people want windows, Morgan, why should they use Northwest Exteriors? You guys, they're so easy to work with. And it doesn't matter if your house is huge, if your house is small, if you have two rooms or siding that you want to be working on. It You need to reach out to Northwest Exteriors for even a free quote. They can give you some answers and let you know maybe what it is that you need or don't need on your home to make it better and save you some money, too. Yeah, and if you upgrade your home with energy-efficient windows, well, Northwest Exterior will pay your energy bill up to $1,000 credit toward your energy bill. The best part after that, you'll save money on your energy because your home's not going to be like leaking heat in from the outside or cold in. You're going to feel safe, comfortable, and they've got an amazing showroom in Rancho Cordova that you can check out all the windows yourself. I've been there. They have people who have been there 
forever. Their average employee is like 16 years. So check them out. Trust us and trust them. They are the experts. Northwest Exteriors. TrustNorthwest.com. Simply the best. Trust Northwest. Appreciate their support of the Deuce and Mo podcast. Yep. Yeah, they, they, and they mess with us. And they mess with they us. They mess with us, which is badass. Ah. <laughs> Uh, Morgan, rock and soul player of the game for okay. tonight. And and live chat, what do you think? Who is who should be our rock and soul player of the game? I have a feeling it's going to be Keegan. Okay. Keegan. That's who, who do you think it should be for like your Keegan. Uh the live chat, who was your player of the game? The poll Keegan. 59% of people say <laughs> Keegan Murray. 39% give it to Demonis Sabonis. Monk, he had 20 points tonight too. I know. We, we talked about Malik yeah. Monk, just a dog. He gets 2% and Wow, De'Aaron Fox got zero percent of the votes, which what? is okay. I mean, he did. He was just how dare you, sick people? Okay, Keegan getting mentioned. Keegan, Keegan, easily Murray. Well, let's see what Deuce Mason. You know, Deuce can be a heel sometimes. So Deuce Mason, who is a rock and soul player of the game? <gasps> what? I clicked what the wrong one. Fake out? I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> the player of the game. Keegan Murray. 25 points, six rebounds, three assists on 11 of 18, shooting three of seven from downtown. Our rock and soul player of the game. I'm not sure what I did tonight Mm-mm. with this. There you go. There's the QR I'm struggling code. struggling a little bit, but uh, yeah, mm. you, you get the point. Yeah, you get it. YouTube crowd. Rock go, and yeah. soul player of the game <laughs> is Keegan Murray. Hey, well-deserved. I love to see it for him. Congrats. Morgan Reagan. Yes. Why should people go check out Rock and Soul? Oh, my God, you guys. Well, again, a, a place full of Kings fans, but also if you go there on, ooh, this Friday, this Friday after the game, even though it's an away game. This Friday night. Go to Rock and Soul. Get the waffles, too, and the gravy and biscuits. This Friday night. 50% off your entire bill at Rockin' Soul after the game. So what? Sure- at 10th and S in Sacramento, <laughs> just blocks away from Golden One Center. Yes. Go Rock. to go to Rockin' Soul after the game, 50% off your entire bill. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. welcome and slash enjoy. I love it. Uh, Morgan, next up for the Sacramento Kings, they take on the Sixers. They take on the Sixers. Hey. That's Friday. Um, the Sixers, the last time the Kings won in Philly. You have any idea? Oh, I know. I'm sorry. The last time they beat the Sixers in general. I'm sorry. Uh, 2018. 2019. Oh. February of 2019. They've lost nine wow. in a row to the Sixers. And Deuce Mason said, let's go back and look at the last time the Kings won. The starting lineup for the Sixers included Ben Simmons, mm. Joel Embiid, mm. Landry Shamit, Mike Muscala, and Jimmy Butler. Wow. What's wow. crazy is, if I would have told you that Butler scored 29, okay. Embiid scored 29 and 17, and Simmons had 22, you would have said, Oh, the Sixers won the game, right? Uh-huh. No, the Kings won. They're starting lineup that night. <laughs> wow. De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, Amon Shumpert, Nemanja Bialica, Willie Cauley-Stein. Marvin Bagley came off the bench at a double-double, 14 <sighs> and 13. The Kings were led in scoring that night by... 
Who? Buddy Heald. No way. 34 points. That was the last time the Kings won in Philly. Uh, the Sixers team's been a little banged up, right? Embiid has missed the last couple of games. We're not sure if he's going to play coming up on Friday. Some knee soreness. Nick Nurse said it kind of was swelling up on him a bit. Embiid said, I'll be fine. We don't know if he's going to play, but, yeah. you know, it's still the Sixers. I it's... mean, they've got talent. Tobias Harris was back in the lineup. They played the Hawks tonight. Did they end up winning? No, they ended up losing in overtime, 139 to 132. They started Tyrese Maxey, who had 35 points. Uh, DeAnthony Melton was back. Paul Reed got the start in place of Joel Embiid. Okay. Tobias Harris returned at 32 and 10. And Nicholas Batum is starting. Coming off the bench right now, they've got Morris, uh-huh. Beverly, Mo Bamba, Kelly Oubre, and KJ Martin get some minutes. 23 and 12. That's the record. 23 and 12. Well, yeah, so 23 and 13. And 13. So, yeah, and Embiid's missed some games this year, but Tyrese Maxey's obviously beyond explosive. The Kings have not won there in a long time. I mean, whether Embiid plays or not, it's going to be a challenge, right? Because the Sixers know how to play. But if Embiid's there, man, I mean, I remember last time the Kings were in Philly, Sabonis, I think, picked up three quick fouls, and Mike Brown turned to the bench and went, Namias Kata, come on in. Yeah. And Kata didn't last long. Didn't out he there. have three quick fouls, too? I think he got, yeah, he picked up some quick fouls. Hey. But I, I think when I look at the Sixers team, I, I hope Embiid plays Friday. Yeah. Because I want to see how the Kings respond. You know, we, mm-hmm. we keep talking about, okay, this season's been frustrating. They've had some nice wins, and they haven't played a lot of teams in the East, except the last time they did, they had that home game against Boston without Tatum, without Horford, and the Celtics were unbelievable. <laughs> to um, say the least. I want to see them play a competitive game against Embiid. We just haven't seen it. And it may be tough to win, duh. If he's playing, he's putting up monster numbers this year. But I just want to see them play a competitive game coming down the wire. Similar to what we saw tonight in Boston. Minnesota played Boston. That game went to overtime. They were without Gobert, and they almost won the game. Boston won. Crazy stat for you. What is it? Minnesota has not won a game in Boston since 2005. Whoa, way longer than this 2019 number. Anyway, so that's kind of what I I just want to see compete against the Sixers. Okay, calm down. Like, what? What? Why are you acting like they're not going to? Just well, because they have in recent years. I mean, sure, but like at the same time, too. I just, I go, they they're so inconsistent that I don't know. I I'm. This is me seriously not understanding or knowing what to expect from this Kings team going into this game. But I think if we do get a shitty Kings start, one, you go into a hole against a better team, you're done. Uh, two, if it is one of those games that they end up losing it because it wasn't a competitive fight, and you know they've some of these what their losses, they're averaging. Um, s- s- <laughs> 16 <laughs> points per game. Nope. Get it right. They're losing by 16 Thank points. Thank you. Again. I'm like, get it there. Yeah, they're get losing it. by like 16.5 points per game, and they're not scoring a lot in their losses. And that's yeah. and my point is if it's that type of game, I go, okay, well, they're not a good enough team, and they're not beating the good teams. Yeah. With or without Joel Embiid. Um, competitive loss, maybe we have a different breakdown here. Yeah. And I I can accept that, right? but I need it to come yeah. down to the wire. And the biggest thing, make Embiid work early. I feel like they let Embiid be the aggressor last year. 
Sabonis, you've been playing aggressive. Don't go timid on me against this guy. Push this guy around before he even gets the ball. Throw some different double teams his way. He doesn't always handle double teams well, but you have to mix up the looks against Mm -hmm. him. You know, Tobias Harris can be really aggressive. I think Tobias is feeling a little more um, free now that Harden's not there. There's just more room for him to operate. And then Tyrese Maxey's speed and scoring ability, he's taken a serious jump Because Harden isn't there. And Yep. yep, I love it. So can't wait for that matchup. Uh, Morgan. Yes. Sharif Jewelers, moment of the game. Back to that. Okay, okay. Um, we're having fun, dude. What, what, do you, what was that comment? Oh, we're going back to that. Yeah, we have to do a moment of the game. It's that point of the show where we do a moment of the game. Presented by Sharif Jewelers. You need jewelry in Sacramento. What do you do? You go to Sharif Jewelers. They've been around forever. And a member of their family is at every one of their locations. And. Deuce, you're wrong. It's not just if you need jewelry. It's oh, oh you oh. you you have you have an old watch like mine that doesn't work that I wear on TV all the time, and I need to just drop it off there and get it fixed. You go to Sharif Jewelers. They've already fixed uh, th- my mom, my sister, and my favorite ring that we have. Yeah, and they. It's insane how they can just make it all look like, oh, brand new. This is what it is. Sharif Jewelers is where you go if you want to repair jewelry, fix your watches, or maybe even you want to buy a new watch in 2024. And look at that crown. Or if you want a custom-made king's crown like the kings got from Sharif Jewelers, yeah, Alex Len was wearing it tonight. Anyways, check out Sharif Jewelers. They're awesome people. They've been around forever. You don't have to be rich and famous to shop at Sharif's. I think... That, that's just something I would say, right? Like, when you think about it, you don't have to be. Oh, my God. Don't knock over everything. All right. Moment of the game. Chat. Stop uh, dropping old players. And do you have a moment of tonight's game? I have one candidate I would like to submit to you, Morgan Reagan, before we get some people sure. on Twitter slash X spaces and Discord. What is that? The Sabonis aggressive-ass jam on Nick Richards okay. on his head. Yes. Yes, and he flexes a little. He flexes a little. He flexes a little, man. I love it. Let's do it. You think that's it? Yes. Sabonis jam? Because there's been so many jams of Sabonis that I've wanted lately to be uh, to be the moment of the game. And finally, I'm going to get it. It was a cool moment. And I loved seeing that from him. Love so, it. I love an aggressive Sabonis, Sabonis, his jam on Nick Nick Richards, that's it. Sabonis posterizing people. Everyone's saying Sabonis dunk. Thank you, Liv. Thank you, Liv. Liv, also shout out to Liv. We met her a couple of games ago and awesome. We love when people say what's up to us at games. She took a picture with us and she did one of the best IG stories recaps. It was so sweet. Wow. And she linked to the podcast. I'm like, are we paying you for marketing? I mean, should we be at this point? Uh Uh-oh. Is it well done? Did she bill us? Yeah. I'll check the invoice. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Thank you. The moment jar started to fill up. You say that every time, but really, you realize paper just like you can pack it down. Can we look at one tonight? Someone, you know, someone got mad at me in the comments about this. Like, dude, can you just save some of these moments, Vinny? I kind of like that. Good for them. They're just being honest. You ready for this one? Uh Here's a moment of the game we're pulling out. They're they're kind of stuck together. He has some post-it notes, some paper notes. Wow. What is it? November six at Houston. They lost 122 to 97. We noticed we noted that Cheap from Discord stayed. He went to the game and stayed for the whole game. 
<sighs> and we gave him love for staying for and the this game. is why and you know what Brian, I, like? I forgot about that did you forget about that i forgot about yes that. but this is why you guys you pre like yeah they're supposed to get this type of win tonight but again remember how shitty that feeling was that night yep. this is much more fun thank you there we go gotta love that uh, we're also presented tonight by a New York Times bestselling author, the one and only T.R. Reagan. Yes, Morgan's mom is an author. You're going, okay, well, you got to promote the mom stuff. Yeah, because she wanted to advertise with us because she wants more people to check out her books. She's self-published. Yep. Because people for years denied her. They said, you're not good enough. Not good enough. What, what's that saying? New York Times and oh. USA Today bestselling author. She was at the top of the Amazon mm. charts. Mm -mm -mm. Well, check out her books. Uh, just go to her website, trreagan.com, or search them on Amazon. They are thrillers based in Sacramento. They're dark. They're twisted. They're awesome. That's pretty much it. I mean, I listen. I do a lot of audiobooks on yeah. my way to San Francisco now. I'll listen to a lot of her books. And every time I'm like, it's something that's scary, I'll grab onto the wheel really hard. I don't know if it's good, <laughs> actually, that I do this. But anyway, go to trreagan.com or amazon.com. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Nerd Wallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year. Yeah, and it's a really confusing time, by the way. There's all these documents, especially with us, like we are managing finances together because we run a small business together there's all these different papers there's all these different forms what do you do you listen to nerd wallet smart money podcast yeah because then you can be making a balanced budget and not just for everything you're doing with your business how about for some time off after an nba season even that sounds amazing so you know what you need to do listen to nerd wallet smart money podcast on your favorite podcast app future you will thank you <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Okay, back to the show. Um, I want to get some Discord people. I want to get some comments. And if people are in Twitter spaces, I see some people in there. Uh, feel free to raise your hand if you have anything to say. We'll talk to you tonight. I did want to read a comment I got from someone from Bulgaria. Okay. And it's a long comment, but I think it's a question I think a lot of people are wondering. The biggest, the biggest part of the question is this. What's going on with Sasha Vizenkov? He was the one player who did not play for the Kings tonight. The one. Uh-huh. Anyway, here is the comment. Hey, Deuce and Mo, a big fan of your podcast. Glad I found your channel as your post-match episodes are always so entertaining. I like post-match. I like that. Post-match episodes. Obviously, some might say that I'm biased when speaking about Sasha since he is Bulgarian and I'm Bulgarian and we want him to succeed badly. But trying to distance myself from this and to speak from a strictly logic point of view of how... Mike Brown treats his players, so here's my observation in terms of leash length. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's got a leash length breakdown. Okay. Kevin Herter falls out of the starting five, then makes 17 points in garbage time the other night, and now he's back in the starting lineup, being below average in my opinion. Again, Keon Ellis, I love the dude, by the way. He fell out of the rotation completely out of nowhere, in my opinion. Then he plays massive final minutes the other night, and now he's back 
on the rotation. Okay. Harrison Barnes, where do I even start? In my opinion, after Fox, Sabonis, and Keegan, he probably has the longest leash. Him not starting for some reason is never considered by Mike Brown, although he is okay. at most times average. Okay. Uh, JTA comes out of nowhere in the rotation, plays some solid defensive minutes, but overall, he doesn't offer anything else. And then comes Sasha Vizenkov. Dude fell the rotation in the last two to three weeks, like literally. Then he comes the other night and plays 20 minutes in Trey Lau's absence. Scores 11 points. Got immediately into the game for, uh, from the first second. Was doing things on the offensive end. Was not worse than the rest of the team on the defensive end. And then today, another DNP. Sorry, but biased or no, non-biased, I don't see the logic. Is it that difficult to incorporate a EuroLeague MVP with so many versatile qualities in your rotations? For 15 or even 10 minutes? Everybody says he is soft on defense. He is slow on defense. But honestly, is he that bad? Is he that much worse on what we have seen continuously from guys like Barnes and Herter? What's your take on this being so close to team and talking to the coaching staff on a regular basis? I really can't figure this out. Cheers and keep doing what you're doing. Wow. First off, shout out Bulgaria. You know what I love? This Sasha fan is embracing the Kings. Hell yeah. Not just for Sasha. He's not just going, oh, he's not playing. I'm turning off. The guy's watching each and every Kings game. Look and that breakdown. Great breakdown. Yeah. His leash length breakdown. Give it up to him. I like, no, and it was, I mean, it was thought out and I love, I love that he states too, in my opinion, in my opinion, yeah. like he's letting us know like, hey, this is my opinion. I'm not acting like this is fact or this is where things need to be. But I also, I think. We appreciate that perspective, but I also think there's a lot of Kings fans right now that yeah. also appreciate that perspective. I wish I had a good answer for you because I've had some of the similar questions that we talked about in the podcast. And, you know, um, when Mike Brown's been asked about Sasha in the past, it's like, oh, it's just a numbers game. He's kind of out of the rotation at this point. But you're right. We're seeing so many guys kind of get chances and it, it seems like he's falling out. And I'm so curious. And the next time we get a chance to talk to him, you know, we don't get to talk to the you know, Mike Brown when, they're on the road. Mm -hmm. But if there's a practice again, I'd be curious where he, like a, for a progress report on Sasha, like and what Sasha needs to do to maybe get into the rotation. What's he looking for? Because I agree. I mean, I feel like he comes into the game and yes, there's going to be defensive issues. I feel like we've repeated this so many times. Like he's going to get blown by every once in a while. But I do think he does such a good job for even some of his shortcomings of being so active with his hands. He's got good length. He's a good rebounder. And I, I feel like he comes in right away and he's ready to go launching a three. How many times does he come in and just hit a three right away? Or I, I, miss a three, but he's willing to take the three. Yes. And I just don't think they have kind of tapped into his abilities enough and given him the appropriate chance to show what he can do. It's like he's got to make every shot that he yeah. takes and make the most of his minutes. But that's just not, I mean, you can't rely on that. You just, you just can't someone sitting on the bench, not seeing those minutes. You can't be like, well, your job is to hit every three you take because you're not going to get that many opportunities. That, there's just, that's just not realistic for any sport, any player, whatever. Um, it's frustrating because I think he is right with some of his opinions in that comment about look, like, why does Harrison Barnes have this type of leash? My pushback on that is I what? don't think he has as long as a, of a leash anymore. I think Harrison's not, minutes are going down, down, down. It's not anymore. But he still starts. But he still... That's it. That's it. Because in his opinion on these comments, he's say, seen, well, Kevin Herter has a short leash and yeah, yeah. he's getting out of the starting rotation um, where Harrison Barnes, it's like, it's 
foreign to everyone to even think about him coming off the bench and not starting that position. And then you have a guy like Sasha Vazenkov who his length alone out there and talk about, sure, he can be slow at times, but it doesn't mean that he's not doing yeah. his job with a rotation and or staying vertical when in contesting a shot when someone's coming at the rim. I, I have been very surprised by this. Yeah, development this I agree. Year. I, I just thought he would get some more minutes, even, you know, going with some smaller lineups. You know, I would even mess with, I know it would get crazy sometimes, but depending on it, like play some small lineups. I think we saw it a little bit with Sasha, uh, you know, early, early on at some point, but yeah, I would like to see some more Sasha and I, I don't know what he has to do to, to get consistent minutes. And I have a feeling that it's more defensively than anything. And I think that is a little unfair because I don't think it's as bad. Excuse me, as people think. No. Um, yeah, I think he's a smart player yep. that has learned a lot more pretty quick. Yeah. But and I don't even I can't even sit here and say like, but it's not quick enough. I just think it's just maybe not enough for what I, Mike Brown wants to say. This guy was a Euroleague MVP last I year. Know. And I, I'm not saying all Euroleague MVPs are the same. And I think so many people when they say that. Euro League MVP, they're thinking of what Luca did. It's like mm -hmm. Luca, that's just a different category. Okay. Different I think Bielitsa won a Euro League MVP, if I'm not mistaken. Sorry, Euro League people if I'm wrong. I, I just thought my read on Sasha and when we watched him over the summer and seeing the King's pursuit of him mm -hmm. in the offseason was worst case scenario, he's gonna help them as a bench player. That was yeah. my worst case. I'm like, he's gonna be a bench guy that comes in, and knocks down shots. And right now he's not that. So Yeah. So yeah, interesting. And he didn't play tonight, which was in, he was the one guy who didn't play. Do you think? Do you think if Mike Brown was asked again too, do you think he'd be more transparent? I just, I just want to know, just because I want to be, I yeah. don't, don't want to be wrong about my fans my, are wondering, man, my takes yeah. and my analysis on like why he is or why he isn't. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, I've got some NBA topics I want to hit on in a bit too. Okay, because we saw Spo get a new deal, Kawhi got an extension, Draymond's coming back. John Morant's done for the year. That's what? So wild. You kidding me? The Pelicans are on fire. They destroyed the Warriors tonight. Destro Make you feel a little better? Make me feel better. <laughs> that they destroyed? Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you were going to say the score out loud. Oh, it was like, uh, I, can t I can tell you the score okay. in a second. It was, one. I think it was like 140 something. Okay. Yeah, the, it was, oh, and it was a nationally televised game on ABC. The Pelicans beat the Warriors 141 to 105. That's so All right, let's talk to the people. If you're in Twitter spaces, go ahead and raise your hand if you want to chat. Let's go to Discord first and check in with our guy. Hello, Manny. What's up, Deuce and Mo? Manny. I, Finally. I, back to back wins for Sacramento. I'm sorry, was that your impersonation of The Rock? It's horrible, but it's it, it's it's valid, Deuce. It's valid. Let me let me show you how that's done. Morgan walked show away to Deuce. fill up. Morgan walked away to fill up her uh, wine. Uh, he did a rock impression, saying, that. "Finally, the Kings have won what back to back games?" You said, or oh, two games on a back back to back wins in Sacramento. Finally, the Kings have won both games of a back to back in Sacramento. In Sacramento? Well, that's what he said. I was just going by what he said. Well, you should have fixed it. Sorry, Manny. I, I, I kind of cut it down more. That's not what I said. 
But <laughs> Deuce is the professional. I'm just here to listen. <laughs> okay. Uh, and some people in the chat mentioning the Discord link has expired, the one that was in our bio. I have to fix that then. I'm going to drop the link right now in the chat. Okay. Anyway, uh, Manny, what's up, dude? What's on your mind tonight? Hey, it's just it's just good to see one. Like I said, the back-to-back wins. Uh, I like that they came out today better than they did yesterday. I, I was saying yesterday that uh, – as much as I always enjoy the W, always take that W. I wasn't so sure. I just didn't like the beginning of that game at all, obviously, being down 20. And I thought it was as much of a being against a bad team as it was the Kings uh, coming back. So it was nice to see uh, a better start to the game overall and then just them kind of uh, taking over the game. And to me, that that's just it's a good start, right? Like we we can go over and over again about – what we need on the team, what needs to be done. But first and foremost, as long as everybody's here that's here now, we just need to see improvement from everybody, right? And and the big four, obviously, right now is exactly that, a big four. And uh, it's – I go back and forth on the Mike Brown thing in my head, right? Like I literally do my own personal Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Uh, there's days I sit there and I'm like, dude, what are you doing with your rotation? And then there's other days where I tell myself, and Mike, we trust. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta kind of understand. I'm not yeah. the coach. I'm not a basketball expert. So uh, I know he's trying to find those guys, and there there hasn't been consistency. But I also don't see what happens in practice, right? So I don't know what he sees during that time. Manny, I, here's I, the reality: there's not an NBA market where a fan base does not question a coach's rotation. Doesn't matter. If it's it doesn't the matter. Best team in the league. Rick Adelman for years was like, hey, he's got to play Gerald Wallace more. I mean, what is he not playing Wallace for? You know what I mean? It goes on mm-hmm. and on. Hey, I, I know you are uh, also a Bulls fan. Some people may know yes. that long time. Um, Manny and Morgan, I'm going to be honest. I'm starting to talk myself into, especially after the Siakam Go. thing fell apart. Who? We've learned today Siakam would not be excited if he were traded Sacramento. I'm starting to warm up to the idea. Just warm up. Say it. Zach Levine. No. Why? Yeah, Manny, I like your reaction. Why? There's risk. I, the contract scares me. Some of the injury history. I feel like the buy-in part, I'm not worried about. This guy's been an all-star level player in this league. He's been an all-star, literally. He's okay. a dynamic scorer. He's got good size. He can get buckets. He had a really good game tonight in an overtime game for the Bulls. He makes a lot of money, and I just think it would make the Kings even more dynamic. Now, it doesn't fix all the issues, and that would not fix some of the defensive issues. I don't know. I don't know. And can I can I also present one other thing that present may it. not matter much to people, but for some reason, it, it sticks with me a little bit. What? Back in 2018, when Zach Levine was a restricted free agent, he signed an offer sheet with the Kings. The Bulls matched it. And he didn't just, like, docu-sign this. Okay? He didn't just, like, docu-sign it. Zach Levine flew to Sacramento. His arms were tired. That shout, Rick Glassman. <laughs> yeah, Thank no, you. I got it. Um, he flew to Sacramento. The Kings were bad. He flew to Sacramento, toured the facilities, met with the front office, felt the vibes, and went, I'm signing this shit. And I don't know. I go, you know what? This is a guy that if the Bulls didn't match, he would have been here. And he was cool with living with that, potentially. So and you didn't so, think that he knew he was that they were going to no because he part of the thing one of the quotes he had at the time I actually went back and looked at it I'm glad you brought it up Manny he's so glad you brought it up Manny. going going back to this <laughs> ESPN story 
The quote says, I'm disappointed that I had to get an offer sheet from another team, but Sacramento stepped up and made a strong impression. It appears Sacramento wants me more than Chicago. Oh. And oh. now we know what happened. He ended up getting matched and he stayed with the Bulls, blah, blah, blah. But point is, he wanted to be here one time. He flew here. He felt the vibes. And he still signed that offer sheet. Now, maybe I'm wrong and maybe he knew they were going to well, match Well, and but. someone said Zach only signed for the money. He knew Chicago would match. Okay. And maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Okay. But let's not. So let me. Yeah. Let me present a scenario to you. Okay. Oh, I'm ready. And here's what I've thought about with the Zach Levine, right? I, um, obviously, it's a big risk, right? With all that money, if, he, if they did that big move, they're tied to him. They're tied to a lot of money. And you have to hope he buys it. So let me ask you about this comparison. And I don't know if it's a good comparison or not. Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker are in Boston, right? They're yeah. putting buckets every night, but they're not winning, right? So Boston makes a drastic move at some point, goes and gets. Walker's gone. They grab Garnett and that whole big three there. And all those years, Pierce did not play a lick of defense. Garnett got there. Garnett and Rivers got there and they basically got in his ear and nobody's going to say by a stretching of imagination that Pierce was an all defensive player, but he flipped what he did. He, he still was an offensive threat, but he actually, he put down and played D because Garnett held him accountable during that time that he was there. And he actually used his athleticism and showed some decent defense. Is that what you think Mike Brown and this, and this, uh, the coaching staff and this yeah. and demo, you know, these guys can do with that. I mean, I, I think, I think there would be an excitement for him. I think, I mean, we've already read reports that he would have interest in getting traded to Sacramento. Well, guess what? That's a little more than Siakam today. And we could talk <laughs> about that in a little bit. Right. Um, so that matters a little bit for sure. I think that if you're going to go with an area of concern, Zach Levine, the guy who likes the ball in his hands, is he comfortable knowing that Falk and Sabonis have the ball in his, their hands a lot. And, I, w I don't want to take away from Malik Monk because that's another dynamic with all this. Malik Monk has been so good for this team this year, Morgan. And like taking... Why would that take away, if, especially if he's moving really to that backup point guard position it, coming off the bench? Well, I mean, you're still... Zach Levine's going to take shots, you know? I mean, it's... He's going to get some it, but looks. Wouldn't that, but here's my question. Wouldn't that still be Pascal Siakam too? Like, yeah. you know yeah, what I no, mean? It's, it, it's like, true. I think sometimes we think of the mindset of these yeah. two and we feel more confident in the Siaka right, right, mindset right. than you do in the Zach Levine. But I think that's also unfair to Zach Levine in a new setting. And look at me selling you no, on Zach Levine no. now. Okay, so and that's you're true. asking him, yeah. right? You're talking about somebody buying in. So whether it was Pascal or whether it's Zach, you're telling him, hey, you're not going to get this volume of shots here. You're going to buy into the system. So you're not going to get your 20 shots a game. This is a, you know, this is a system that we run and whoever's hot is hot. You need to play the same way all these other guys do, the way Monk does, the way De'Aaron plays, Sabonis. You're buying into the whole thing. Buying in. See, I feel like it start, this started with me talking you guys into it, and now you guys are trying to talk <laughs> me into it. That's hilarious. I personally, I'm still, as much as I've seen of him, the, the, the Carlos Boozer defense that he puts forth, <laughs> Uh, you know what though I, I we've watched Fox not play defense and now he is you know over the years and look at what he's doing now I think Levine's athletic enough he's long enough to be engaged defensively and maybe being inspired a new uh, a change of scenery and let's be honest playing with 
some pretty damn talented players. De- DeRozan's talented for sure. But I, I think playing with Fox, who's in the prime of his career, Sabonis, these two players he'd be playing with are both playing the best basketball they've ever played in their NBA careers. So you add him, that may rejuvenate him a little bit on the West Coast. He doesn't have to deal with that cold Chicago weather here's, anymore. Here's my question. What yeah. do you have to give up for him? Well, that's the thing. His contract's a lot. So I think it's going to be a similar package. I mean, we're talking about like Herder, Barnes, wow. Moore. And, I, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know what should... The market, if you believe reports, the market hasn't been great on him. Um, and you look at his salary, Morgan, unlike Siakam, who's his final year of his contract, Levine makes 40 this year, 43 next year, 45.9, and then an option for 48.9. That's still, I mean, that's your average on a I, star I player that you're trying to get. Now, the, here's the issue is just like, again, th- this team's going to be pretty expensive, right? Like, and But that's this what team, it would have been if, even if you were signing Pascal yeah. Siakam. And so, and this is where I go with Levine. I go, look, I understand the shortcomings and I'm, I, I need to acknowledge this. I'm scared to death of it a little it, bit because of the money be. and kind of the injury history over the years. But I think he, he shoots it well. The spacing with this team, I mean, he's going to get great looks. Um, and it's another guy that can go out there and get a bucket for you. I want to just see what his stats are this year on this season. So he is 28 years old. This season. How his, many games this season? He has played in 20 games. So okay. he's missed some time. He yep. has. Uh, he's averaging 20 points a game. Uh, five rebounds a game, three and a half assists. He is shooting 44% from the field, 33% from three. So all of his numbers are down this year. Mm-hmm. All of them are down. So is that just like, hey, it's down because Chicago wasn't really vibing early in the year. It's just not doing well. Um, last year, he was averaging just under 25 on 48% shooting, 37% from three. He's a career 38% three-point shooter and a career 20 points per game in the NBA. Um, tonight, the, Bull, the Bulls played, by the way, uh, against, where were they? Houston. Uh, they they beat Houston tonight. That's a nice win in overtime. Five. DeRozan. All the guys played. Levine had 25 points, 13 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals on 8 of 15. 3 of 8 from downtown. Okay. Mm. I don't know. I just, I'm trying to be open-minded because we're trying to take the step, you know? So, anyway. Let's go. Let's, let's watch his game after this. Okay. All right. That sounds good. <laughs> Manny, I appreciate you checking in. Thanks for uh, vibing with us on this Levine talk. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, Thanks Manny. Manny's the best. Well, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm just trying to... I just want to. I want to see where he's at right now with yeah. his body, his life. I mean, his life. But you, I, I know sometimes it's hard to be to tell when a team and their culture is a little weird. It's losing, but it's like, what are you doing as an yeah. individual? Like, are you a pro? That's are you fair. staying with it? And I, I think there would still need to be additional moves. Like, I still need like a wing defender for sure. Like, that's why. Oh, can you get Thibel or someone like that? Uh, you know, a, a dream thing would be. Hey, could you get? Levine and Caruso. That just yeah. seems like it's going to be really expensive, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think after the news today, for those who missed it, we did do a clip on this earlier, but The Athletic came out. Our buddy Sam Amick had a report that Siakam would not be excited if he were traded to Sacramento. In fact, he went on the right that according to two league sources, the Kings should have very little, if any, optimism regarding the prospect of Siakam resigning in the summer if they were to land him. Siakam is seeking a full-term max salary deal no matter where he ultimately lands. And while Siakam has not asked for a trade, the sources say he doesn't view the Kings as a good long-term fit if the Raptors choose to move him. You know, we talked about this earlier today, and I think my thing was like, well, 
I don't know. Do you call his bluff and see? I don't know. I, I'm starting to, as the day went on, I'm kind of with you. It's like, dude, if he doesn't want to be here, I know there are players in the past like Chris Weber people bring up, but Chris Weber still had years left on his deal. That's, you know, if, if, if it's not a rental, I don't want to be faced with a situation where the Kings give up some assets, get Siakam, and then they have to talk him into like buying in for the rest of the year. And what kind of environment is that? The questions that surround a team like, hey, is he going to come back? Do you want to come back? It just seems like it'd be a big distraction unless this is all a smokescreen and it's bullshit. Now, you know, if he buys in, it's all about it. I'm all about going after Siakam. But if he doesn't want to be and Sacramento doesn't excite him, then then go have fun playing with Trey Young. You know, go have fun. If you don't want to go be paired with Fox and Sabonis, two guys playing their best basketball of their career, you'd rather try to have fun being a 1A or a, or a 1B or a 2 in Atlanta or somewhere else, then then so be it. You have a chance to come to Sacramento, be an impactful player here, win some games, but you don't want it because either you don't like Sacramento, you, you view Sabonis as Fox as people who are maybe a little below you and you want the shine. If that's the case, then fine. You don't want to be a team guy. I don't want you either. I sound petty. You you do? It's not even the Sacramento thing. It's not even the Sacramento it, thing. I'm just like... It's... Yeah, no. I And it's tough. It's tough when you, you do see that because you go, okay, someone in his camp or him, they're pushing out. They don't want Sacramento. And um, in one way or another, it's like, Okay, well then bye. Like I don't want someone that doesn't want to be here. I just I'm I'm over that because there's actual good basketball going on here and there's a good culture here for once. Where if this was 4 years ago, 5 years ago, even 4 or 5 years ago, I would've been desperate. Like, nope, you you try and trap anyone here. You get them. You put them here and you convince them. You know, do what you got to do. But I don't think the Kings need to be desperate at this trade deadline. Now, there's other people who I'm sure will hear me say that one line and be like, are you serious, Morgan? They need to make some moves to be a better team. I go down the list of the Western Conference and I'm just like, <laughs> I don't see the Kings being at this point, dudes, Western Conference contenders. And I just have so much faith in the Denver Nuggets in the Los Angeles Clippers and what they've been I know they just signed Kawhi to a longer deal. And sure, Kawhi has actually been playing basketball yeah. this season, probably more so for that contract. And then he'll play 40 games next season or something. But where that's <laughs> they had a, to they had to bring him back. They I mean, had to. It, it, you it, had they to. have the new arena coming. I mean, yeah. Selling tickets and everything is I, meshing so for them. I, I hear you on that, but I think if you make the right move, it can elevate the Kings to another level. It and could. and the reality is if you make the right move and next year Keegan takes another step, yes. then we're talking about you being and, in that mix. And here's the other thing. If you make that move this season and it does elevate you, then you are getting the experience of what it takes to make it to the second round of yep. playoffs. And we talked about how important even just making it into the playoffs uh, that experience was for this team to grow off of. And when I say grow off, I'm talking about like, like team culture grow off of. I know so many people are like, the next step is second round of playoffs. The next step is Western Conference contenders. And I get we always want the next thing 
to be defined as something, but sometimes you really have to like take a step back and go, okay, how is this still making this team better? I mean, go down the line of different organizations where teams kept getting knocked out, kept getting knocked out, but they kept keeping with continuity or like making those small tweaks or whatever they needed to do to get to that next level. And they stayed patient with it. My point is, I just don't want any freak out trades where you're losing all your assets, doing the wrong thing just because you wanted to make that push for the second round of playoffs. Like, Make it, make it, make it not out of fear. There's some names out there, right? Like people are mentioning Kuzma still, you know, there's Jeremy Graham, Matisse Theibel, Caruso. And there's some, there's other names that we're not even talking about. Aren't going to even move the needle that much. And that's maybe even where the Kings need to do. Not, it has to be a moving the needle more than Kessler Edwards. But no, I know, but Kuzma to me doesn't like. Oh, I think they get way better. I think they get better. They get better. They get it's better. A, it's an upgrade. I'm not sure. here going, they get way better. Okay. They get better. Agree to disagree. That's fine. Let's check in with, uh, is this, wait, what's this name? Tiki Fool? What's up, Tiki Fool? Unmute yourself. What's up, man? Hey, dude. Say mo. Uh, you can call me Shay. Hey, Shay. Uh, can I just call it's you? It's really good to talk to you guys. Can I just call you Tiki Fool? That's your name on here. No, you can call Honestly, me Shay. Honestly, right, you Shay. can call me both. You can call me both. I'm just kidding. What's up, Shay? How are you, man? I'm doing good, especially after a back-to-back win. Yeah, dude. Uh, I'm first one, great. first one, baby. Oh wow, it's the first one. Yeah, that's even better. Um, really good to see some consistency too, uh, especially in this one. Uh, defensively scoring, um, it, it's been good. Um, but I, I don't know. You don't know I don't what? Know if I trust it. Oh yeah, hey, and that's fine. You, you shouldn't trust it. I mean, you got two. Solid games in a row. The first, like the Detroit game, the first quarter was terrible, right? And let's not lose sight of the fact that the Kings beat Detroit and Charlotte. Mm-hmm. They, j- you know what they did? They did their job. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And you know we don't like just brush it aside, acknowledge it. But now it's like, okay, you do that. How are you going to compete against Philly? You got the Bucks. The Bucks have been up and down. They can't guard anybody. Are you going to compete with them, or are they going to blow you out like they have been in the past? Then you got the Suns. This is just a big test. You know, starting with this road trip, 15 of 19 on the road. It's not easy, but this team, I, I, I'm eager to see. And you're right. It's going to take a while to earn the trust. Yeah, I think something we saw, especially today in the game, was their energy. And it's something that Domas has been bringing, honestly, Ooh. like the past two games. Um, all I year. Think it's been, yeah, all year, too. And I, I feel like, especially these last two games, you've seen a little bit more animated um, than usual. Uh, but I think it was good to see that from more people today, uh, especially on the defensive side. Um, you've seen people, especially like Juan Toscano coming in, fighting an injury. And I actually do think Kobe did a little bit. Um, I think Kobe was very active Agreed. for a second. Um, yeah, and I, I think they really need to bring that uh, to Philadelphia, especially with Embiid coming back. Um it, I think this is going to be a test, like you said, um, a test if, uh, especially with the rotations as well. Um, I'm not sure. It's just been super inconsistent, and I'm not sure when Mike Brown is going to reel it back and kind of shorten the lineup. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's going to be uh, – here's, here's my opinion on that because I go, look, usually after I've – after 20, 25 games, don't you kind of have an idea of what your rotation is going to be, how, how you want to stagger guys, whatever it's going to be. That's not there. And I think it's not there because I think that there's probably certain 
things going on behind the scenes where they're making sure to shop certain guys, showcase certain guys, um, put them out there. But it's also confusing for everybody, not only just us looking in, but even for the players and their mentalities as well. So I think, I hope by trade deadline, by trade deadline, that we are seeing more consistency of like, okay, this is what the team is, and this is what they're going to be. These are the tweaks, and this is what they're going to be going forward. But honestly, I don't even know if that's the case because even if there are other pieces and tweaks being made, maybe we're still going to be seeing Mike Brown try try out a few things, like see what works better together. And hopefully, hopefully it's just figured out by the end of the season, huh? Yeah, really. Um, and I, I do really see an issue like, I don't know whether they're wanting to win now or build for the future too, especially not giving some guys time to kind of make mistakes. I like Kobe. He, I said he did good, but he did pass up on a lot of shots. And yeah, I'm not I, sure I noticed that early, and I, I that's a confidence thing, I feel like. It's like, hey, he needs to go in there and play his game. He had that one where it looked like he had a, a, a basket at the rim, and he decided yes. to like do the Steve Nash move around and, and right, and then he passed up a shot. I'm like, no. Look for yours, man. You don't need to pass up a three either. Shoot it with confidence if you're going to be out there. Yeah, so. and I like that he made it up on the defensive side. Yeah, he brings it on that end. I think Colby's going to be a solid player. He has the potential to be a really solid player. We've watched him a little bit in the G League now, and I'm Ugh. like, this guy just brings it, He dude. dominates in the G, and any player that dominates in the G League, I go, okay, there could be a place for you somewhere in this league. And domination in the G League isn't just like numbers because that can be misleading too. There's some yes. G League players who just get up, just go out and get buckets, yep. and teams don't want to see that. Teams, what they're looking for, especially for like guys who are like fringe NBA guys, Terrence Davis is a good example of this. Teams know that Terrence Davis can score. Like, but if you're signing Terrence Davis to your NBA team, he's going to be a role player. Is Terrence? playing engaged defense is, is he, he not making mistakes right that's what they want to see consistently and with, with colby i just feel like his game is just steady especially in the g league like he's getting numbers but he, you, you feel him you, you notice him out there on both ends definitely and i know you guys were just talking about trades um and that kind of ties in what what we're talking what you were talking about with trades yeah uh whether if it's is it for the future or is it to win now um and that's kind of the big thing for uh, me. Well, I mean, I, I feel it, both, right? I mean, I feel like if they're acquiring someone, there, the hope is that they're keeping that player. Like, I, they don't want to rent a player. I don't, in my they opinion, don't I don't think they do. To. I could be wrong. I mean, I guess they could trade for DeRozan's expiring, but I think the intention would be, oh, can we keep him around at a lower rate? I don't know. Um, no, I think they want someone that's going to be here to add to this core and, and really take and make some noise in the West. The thought is, Hey, Fox and Sabonis are still going to be good here for a few more years, for sure. And Keegan can be a guy. So Most definitely. Shay, dude, appreciate the support. Thanks for checking in. Thanks, Shay. Thank you for having me. Have a good night, guys. You too. That's great. Good for Shay. Yeah. First time, right? Yeah. I, we've we've gotten some feedback from people like you guys don't do any calls anymore and to be honest with it you we've had so many technical things going on and i think it's nice to have a balance sometimes it it is i i think i because i think for the most part we've had a lot of good calls throughout our years um but sometimes too it's not about relying oh, on the calls no, and it's no, about no, 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 it's no. about making sure that we have a very crisp tight podcast as well but it's always fun to talk to the people. 
You want to talk to more people, Mo? Hey, talk to the people. Is What's, Mr. Cheddar in there? Mr. Cheddar's not in our chat right now. Uh, Lil Migs. What's up, Lil Migs? Lil, are you there? Unmute yourself. Hello, testing, testing, one, two, three. And this is where I go. This is why I don't like going to call. That's <laughs> right, Morgan. Uh, uh, there hello? he is. Hey. hey. What's your name? Um, well, Miguel. 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 Thanks. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thank you. I've been listening to you guys for a long time. But How, how uh, long? Oh. Oh, two and a half years now. Maybe a little more than that. Three. Hey. Oh, so, yeah. What's your favorite thing about Deuce? Oh. Well, um, the confidence for sure. <laughs> You know what? Um, you were going to say something mean. You're going to say no, something mean and you caught yourself in some no, confidence. He sounds Never. like such a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, Deuce, why are you even calling someone out I that? Know, no, I felt it. He said, so well, nice about you. Well, confidence. Look, yeah. I love the confidence, Deuce. I love it. And look, you, at, look at his insecurities right now attacking you for, uh, yeah. But anyway, Miguel, what's, what's going on? What did you want to talk about? Yeah, so I've been hearing a lot of, um, like just a bunch of trade talk right now. Uh, and I'm a sucker for trades as any fan is. Um, uh, and so there's some that I've heard uh, like often like Matisse Thibel. I would love to have Matisse on the Kings. I think he would be a really good fit for us. Um, I don't think we need a big trade. I think we need to make smaller trades uh, like what we did for Trey Lyles, we took a flyer on a guy and it paid off immensely. Yeah. Um, he's on a really good contract. Um, I just, I, I want to look at it um, long term. We're gonna have to pay Keegan. Uh, That's true. Within the next year. Yeah, and I think Miguel, the point you bring up too is, you know, when you start talking about someone like Levine, and yes, I know you're on the Deuce Mason roller coaster ride right now, where I'm like, yeah, talk to me, I'm talking you guys into Levine, then you guys are talking me into it, and now where are we at? I I love Malik Monk, and if Levine meant losing Monk, it's like, you like when you say in, losing in free Monk, agency, it, if he was just like, you know uh, what, I, I want more of an opportunity, like yeah. one. I, I'm not mm-hmm. going to get paid as much in Sacramento compared to other teams because they can only offer me 17.5. So I'm already taking a discount. And like, you guys got like a lot of guys now. You got Levine, Fox, Sabonis, Keegan. Like, where do I fit into this? I thought I was helping you guys win. I can come off the bench and give you 20 points and close to 10 assists. Why can't I be that guy? So that's where I, you, to your point, Miguel, it's like maybe it is a one of, a, not one of like the oh my god names, right? It could be someone that's oh, this is a really good role player. This this guy fits perfectly. Matisse Thibel comes in, and you know he has shown the ability to hit the three better. He's such an active defender. He brings something. Smart that, basketball yes. people can I'm find the Trey Lyles. I'm with you. On you know, that. And, okay. and like I think sometimes too, you luck out with their development or their fit really working out that perfectly, or. Or them them being the type of player that can get better and better. And I think even that's why when they were looking at someone like Chris Duarte, they saw the mentality thing. They go, well, he was good with Sabonis yep. and he is healthy and maybe there's this potential. I don't think it's going to play out that way with Chris Duarte as of right now. But I mean, and still like you take those risks sometimes and you took a risk on a good guy. Um, we'll see where the rest of this season goes for Chris as well. But I think... I think this front office is smart enough to pick 
not only smart players, but good people, good people that want to get better at the game, good people that want to buy in. And so, yes, the under the radar guys, if they find the good under the radar guys, I think that could be the right decision too. Yeah, this, uh, I really like how Monty's handled everything. He's shown to be very, I don't know what the right word is, but I'm going to use scrappy. Mm -hmm. Um, He knows uh, how to get those under the radar uh, players. Um, I I will say this, so I haven't really cared for how we've handled Sasha on our team. Um, I feel like he could be playing a lot more. Um, The minutes that he's played he's shown to be deadly on the uh at, with the three and i feel like we need a little more of that right now um i feel like we could be giving chris duarte's minutes to sasha that's fair mm. okay that's, yeah i mean and last night you know he didn't even play um duarte i mean he played tonight so yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I still think Sasha can be a valuable piece of this team, and I'd like to see more of him, no doubt. Um, on the season, he and it's so tough because he's not. It's not like he's playing a lot. Like this is sample size stuff. But uh, from three point land, he is 30 of 84, 35.7 percent. I think he can actually be better than that with some more time. So, um, hey, Miguel, I appreciate you checking in, man. Oh, thank you guys. Thank you guys. Been watching you guys for a bit, so. It was uh, nice to to get to talk to you guys. Dude, don't be a stranger, man. We'll do this more often. Of course, of course. Awesome. Thank right. you guys. Miguel. Have a good night. Sleep games. He likes your confidence. Did he? He did. He that did. was that's why that was like I'm genuine. like I'm like Monty and West where I understand like good people and I can like figure that out. And that like Miguel's a good person and maybe you should like look deeper or maybe reflect. I didn't say he wasn't a good person, by the way. So, well, but he's a great person actually. Cause yeah. And he was talking about you and complimenting you. And you still were thinking like, where's this going? Defense, defense, wall, wall. If you knew what I go through, no one gives shots left and right at me. Yeah. You would understand it. Who, who, everybody let's go to uh is that my you and i you know what's sad is you've been on before and i probably had the same thing like how do i say your name um welcome to the show it's myu my- uh, oh, um am i on yes you're yeah. on you're on cool uh yeah it's mio mio um, you me you or mio mio like the pokemon mio okay what's up mio um, not much. I was just, uh, calling or like wanting to talk about the game a little bit. Um, because it was funny because you guys kind of said that, like, there wasn't any time where you guys really felt uncomfortable. Like we might lose at first. I was feeling like, are we really coming out slow again? Ooh. Cause we, we, we were like down eight to two. I was working. So like, I was kind of trying to keep tabs on the game while I was working, but like we were down eight to two. So I was like, are we really coming out slow again? But glad with how the rest of the game turned out, we really turned it up from there. And that's fair. Uh, That's, that's fair that I'll give you that. Cause that is fair. Cause I felt that same way. I wasn't stressed about it, but you're right. The vibe was just a little off. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't too worrisome because it was very early into the game, but it, it was like we're coming out with the, that same sort of energy that was against the Pistons, and so it was like, are we really gonna do this again? But then the rest of the game, it got better. 
I was a little bit surprised there wasn't a uh, Mike Brown early timeout, you know, uh, to see like what was going on. Um, but um, I was just happy with the way the game played out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's tough sometimes too, because I feel like you also have to like give sometimes the other team some credit, like, Hey dude, like the Kings don't, I don't like this guy, but miles bridges is a tough guy to cover. He is. He's tough. And the Kings didn't really have an answer for him early. And these are NBA players like Rogier can get buckets on you. Um, so yeah, he like they're going to make some runs. The reality is you just need to be locked in more times than you're not. And they were tonight. So it was good. Yeah, he went off last time against the Kings. Yeah. It was really bad. Yeah. Well, hey, I appreciate you checking in, man. Of Thanks, course. Neil. And thank you. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Of course. Don't forget his name. Neo. 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 Pokemon. Got to catch them all. Neo. Neo. I thought it was Neo. Neo. I thought it was... No. Like, okay, I, I I'm not gonna argue. I thought I heard him say Mio. I don't know. Well, I'm sorry. You know, honestly, I'm not. I wasn't a Pokemon guy growing up. Well, I I got Pokemon cards. I didn't know what. Yeah, they, it's Mio. I had a Charizard hologram, holographic one or a hologram. Mew's like one of the best Pokemon too. That's worth a lot of money. Then you're not listening. And I had that as a kid. I you know, how I did you have it. that? If you, I just got it because you know everyone's mm. like getting cards. So I'm like, I'm gonna buy some. But I just was. I didn't know how to play. I know what I was doing. Oh, you actually there's there's the, you can play. Yes. Oh, I, didn't, I yeah I don't get that. Oh. Okay. I played basketball. What's up? Okay, you're so cool, man. So cool. Let's check in with Dave. What's up, Dave? Hi, Dave. Hey, what's going on? What's going How's on, everything dude? going? We're so good. So good. How's Carlin? Carlin doing all right? Let's see. Let's- He's good. Uh, Carlin update. Glad you asked, Dave. Uh, quick update. Went to UC Davis. Went to UC Davis yesterday to start this rehab journey. So they did a whole assessment on him. And then starting January 25th, well, starting some at-home rehab first. But starting January 25th, uh, he's going to rehab twice a week. Twice a week includes uh, going like Monday, Thursdays. And after rehab, one of the days, he'll be getting acupuncture. And you said that he probably won't ever be able to run again. No. So no. there, there's a little bit more of just kind of like where he's at with his life and where his life's going to go. But you know what, though? He don't... got fitted for wheels. Yes. And, you know, get the wheelchair thing, he'll he'll be on at least for a little bit during the rehab process. But the hope is he'll be able to like, there, he's getting some movement in the right leg. He's getting some movement. And, and don't, discount, hey, that's good. don't discount the dog factor. Ooh. Carlin's got dog yeah. in him. You, you guys have seen him. When I dribble a basketball, that guy gets after it. He's a dog. I actually brought the basketball today. That he wanted to go after it. Like, Carlin, it's just to show you, to make sure you react a little bit. You still got that dog in you. <laughs> anyway, thanks for asking. Hey, they told Greg Oden to retire. They told Harry Giles to retire. Hey, they came back. And Harry's got Let's a guaranteed go. deal with the Nets. Give it up to That's him. That's the attitude, Dave. There, there we go. Um, so yeah, talking trades, like, yeah, I think that let's talk about people's lives opportunity. Well, yeah, I don't want to, Hey, who, what, what player are we going to just a little bit? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's detach. Let's just move (laughs) their whole lives across the country. Anyway, go ahead. Yes. Yeah. We just got to detach from all that. They're a, they're a entertainment person for us an entertainment personality. Uh. (laughs) And so, and they get paid a lot of money. It's part of the lifestyle. Oh, for them, right, or for the Kings, you have players that are just really underperforming, right? Like you have just 
And it, the fact that they have such a good record is pretty impressive because you have so many of your players just underperforming that. But they also have well, players play performing, like we, we said, they, they also have players that are playing some of their best bat, like Sabonis, Fox, and Murray and are playing their best basketball. And Alex Lund, Malik Monk. So, yeah. you know, They're yes, but career best basketball. Yeah. you've had some key yeah. guys not play as well. Yeah. yeah, you had some guys that you really expected to be consistent. Like, even like Sasha, you really expected Sasha to be a consistent contributor. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Kings did the full court press on Sasha. They were out there like recruiting him. Join the Kings. We need you. <laughs> they don't play him. That's crazy to me. But uh, hey, hey, Sasha, uh, Sasha, we need come to Sacramento. We need you here in Sacramento. We need you here. You're move have a move great 20,000 miles away from home. Move to the United States for the first time. Live on the West Coast. You're going to love it here. And you're not playing. Yeah, that's that's got to be tough for Sasha. I mean, I cannot, like, I mean, out of anyone on the team mentally, like, go through the trade deadline and everything, he has to be feeling it the worst, right? Like, I, I think here's the reason why I would say I probably think he's not is because I feel like he, he knew that he, when he was coming here, that things were going to be different. How different? I mean, I'm sure he thought he was going to be in the rotation. I'm sure he thought with the way that this team, this front office loved him, like he was going to be doing something. But I feel like he has the mentality that he is still, he's learning something new and that he is still making an impact as a teammate, as a teammate at practice and as a teammate that, like there's pictures always of him rooting everybody on, even on the bench. A lot of people like to show off how he has like a, he looks, they think he looks upset in the pictures after games because <laughs> he's got like a stoic face on, oh. even though like Keegan Murray has that same face. That might time. be a joke he's making. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. I just think like, I just think that's tough for him for sure personally, but I don't know. I don't really know what the Kings are going to do to resolve it because I mean, you have Harrison Barnes is like struggling mightily mm-hmm. right now. Well, he's, I mean, I don't know if he's struggling or he's just like not part of the offense or I mean, not, not making a huge. He doesn't impact. seem too much different. Yeah, like as a player, it seems like he's still Harrison Barnes, but he's not making an impact on games. And the team is starting really slow with him out there. Last two games has been awful. Like to start games with him out there, um, and with with Herder getting injured, um, it it makes it hard to evaluate what Herder's going to look like going forward for the Kings. I mean, he's still pretty young, so I have some confidence that he could like recover some value or meet his contract. Um, but for Harrison, it's like, I don't, like when we're thinking about trading Harrison, I just don't see a team that actually is going to start him and play him. Like start him. Yeah, I don't know like, about I starting. Anymore. I, I don't know about starting. I think he's, you know, I think he's more of a role player coming off someone's bench at this point. But yeah, I don't know. That's that's interesting. Because we want to trade for like a good player, right? And so if they're getting Harrison Barnes, they're not even getting a starter. I mean, if you count Herder as a starter, I don't know how many teams Herder is starting for anymore. That's the tough part right now. It's like, how many teams in the league is Herder starting for? How many teams in the league is Barnes starting for? Like, how are we going to trade these guys? I mean, for me, the most ideal trade right now would have been Siakam. But, I mean, if Siakam doesn't want to play here, it's kind of a risk to trade for him. Like, we only have 30, 40 games to convince him to stay right. here. Um, and... With Levine, you have Levine who probably does want to play here. I agree. But his um but what do the Bulls want from the Kings? Like 
Yeah, and I mean, I that's mean, the thing. Some of the reports early on, especially after that, that Levine stuff started to pick up, like, what, a month and a half ago, two months ago, it was more of about, like, hey, the, the market is just not there for him. Like, teams aren't that hot on trading for him at this point. So, I don't know. And now it's like, you know, it's a different point than it was, like, two months ago, too, where the there's going to be a lot more buyers and sellers. Do mm-hmm. you have the Lakers trying to do something? Who else is trying to make a, a big move? I don't know. Yeah, because a th- lot of teams went crazy last offseason. Like, last trade deadline? Yeah, it was insane. These teams went psychotic. Like, yeah. they, like the Bucks <laughs> traded five second-round picks for Jay Crowder. Yeah. Well, and one and, thing that I want to bring up, too, is, like, we were talking, I think, a couple of callers ago just about, hey, we're always talking about trading for, like, these stars, like a Siakam or someone who's been an all-star like like Levine. Um, but it could be one of those under-the-radar moves that helps you a lot. A great example being what Minnesota did last year at the trade deadline. Dude, Mike Conley has helped them so much. Tremendously. They went from D'Angelo Russell to Mike Conley, and Mike Conley's not the same guy he was in Memphis or the early years. But he knows he that. He exactly. He understands his role. Mm-hmm. He's a pro, smart player. He's so important to what they do, and that I was wasn't like really surprised Minnesota got involved in that trade, right? And it's because I thought the Lakers wanted Mike Conley. He would have been great for them. Yeah, I th- I thought they they probably would win a championship if they traded for Mike Conley mm. instead of D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> or yeah. They might have, That's... like, because D'Angelo Russell was benched the whole playoffs. Literally, everyone they traded for last year was just benched the whole playoffs. Yep, like uh, Vanderbilt. Uh, so they, they they were really just running the team that started the season zero and ten in the playoffs. They were running ex- without Russell Westbrook. Dave's cooking. So it was right really now. weird. Dave's, um, Dave's cooking. Yeah, you in the kitchen. It's it's kind of like so we're like Fox and Sabonis. Yeah, and I feel like he's like Siakam where he's like, dude, give me the ball, let me let me go, and, I, <laughs> and we're like, hey, we 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 like to share a little bit. No, but I kind of like it. I'm you like, do? you know what? It's your turn, Dave. <laughs> hey, be Okay, but you got, is he going to pass it back? You're to like us or Malik. No? You're like Malik, where the, that's why you're waiting for the pass. I'm, I'm Malik like, right now, going, dude. I, I'm I can score twenty. So, I'm cool with yeah. that spotlight. So, what do you guys think about Jeremy Grant, Matisse Thybul type deal? You know, it, gotta catch him. That seems like the most obvious. That seems like the most obvious person who needs a change of scenery is Jeremy Grant. To me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, does he? I mean, I don't know if he's happy there. It, he resigned there. He he chose. Knowing, and you could say, oh, well, he thought Dame was going to be there. Look, the Dame thing has been murky for like 18 months, right? Mm-hmm. He knew there was a chance, and he elected to sign there because they could pay him the most money. So, I don't know, maybe Dick's in Portland. I don't know what his love is. I just know, I think from just a player standpoint, um, a guy who could defend multiple positions, who's played high-level basketball in a postseason, he's been on good teams, that run he had with the Nuggets, against the Lakers, I thought was huge. You know, so many people give him shit because he went to the Pistons. It's like, why do you go to Detroit? He just wants, he's selfish. Uh, uh, uh. Like, you know what? The Nuggets offered him the same amount of money. He went to go play for Detroit. He knew we'd get more opportunity to show what he can do offensively. And what do you know? He showed that, hey, I could be a 20-point game a guy in the league. Now, is he that on a winning team? That's kind of the question. What's his best role? He's played a variety of roles. I think he's... More than what he showed in Denver offensively, but not what he show, has shown in Detroit and Portland from a scoring standpoint. He's got the ability, but you know I don't need him to do it. I need him to go out there, defend, be a guy that can get me 20 on, on a night, and play some awesome defense. He's been an absolute sniper in Portland, though. Yeah, yes, he He's knocking down the three, dude. It's It's been nice. You know, his contract, I don't love his contract. I don't love his contract. 
Yeah, it's he's kind of getting up there in years, but I mean, it's weird to talk about that with twenty nine year olds. But in yeah. the NBA, it's just the truth for any non superstar, yeah. all NBA player. But for me, I think like if the Kings can just get to a point where Barnes isn't starting at the four, it seems like the defense just gets so much better. I agree. And you, and you don't have you don't have Herder at the two. The defense just suddenly became completely locked down against Detroit. I know it's Detroit or whatever, but the Kings have shown flashes of doing this against like the Grizzlies, where they just completely stopped whatever they wanted to do. Um, and that's just something the Kings have not been capable of in their current setup. I and hear so, you. like for me, I think that they need to move on or they need to make a change. And that could be as simple as making a smaller deal and then starting Lyles. But yeah. I think from the best interest since they went out and recruited Sasha, they have Lyles. I think the four position can be all right if you don't go and get another four. Um, it could be okay. It's not like the best four position in the world, but it's kind of a weak position in the NBA right now. Um, but I would say it, they should do whatever they can do to build around Fox and Sabonis. Because oh, this is yes. like oh, this is Keegan, their time. They're in their they're, yeah. yeah. Well, Keegan is the kind of a player where it's like he could take a back seat to a big pickup, or he could be accentuated by two smaller pickups or something like that. I agree. Like I agree. Could, and Dave, it's you know what's crazy? We're about to start night chat for the Sixers game. That's how long we've been going. <laughs> Don't listen to him, no, Dave. He he know he, I go at him. Oh, at I know you do. Yeah. I know you do. I I see you guys. I, I don't mean to take all. your time. No, no. I, I, there's I, just, just a lot of people. He's, he's shitting it, you know? on you, Dave. No, I'm not. Just get get him. All get right. him later. Dave, he's playing I, the Oscar music on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I appreciate you, Dave. We'll Thanks, talk to you Dave. soon. All right. All right. I'll see you. That's yeah. funny. He's playing the Oscar music on me. That's how funny. What if we started doing that to people? Honestly, we may have to start doing that. But you know what I love and appreciate about everyone? Just It's not that they're trying to like just talk. Yeah. They're just vibing. Yeah. They are vibing. And I love. that's what I appreciate about Dave. Yeah. And it's like it's on us to to take away their vibe at times. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What? We have calls and <laughs> this hasn't happened in a long time. Is it Willard? No, no, I can't be. Is, is this Willard? I want Mr. It is, it is Master Deuce. It's me, Willard. We haven't talked to you in a year. Wait, does Willard have a photo now? Yeah, yeah that's Willard, I guess. Uh, that's me. Oh, 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 Mo, how are you? How are you both? Will, oh. This is for those who don't know. Uh, Willard the orphan is joining us. Willard, oh, I can explain myself, Master Deuce. Thank Please. you. I'm an, I'm I'm Sacramento's own resident British orphan who oh. lives in the streets, and you'll never guess where I've been living these days, Master Deuce. Where? I live in a dumpster. Oh, that's true. It's true, and I live in the best, most tastiest dumpster there is. Rock and Souls dumpster. No. Sir. Oh, it's true. It's a wonderful place to be. Do you What's your favorite thing you get in that dumpster? Oh, anytime someone doesn't finish their corned beef Reuben, sir. <laughs> it's 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 time for Willard to feast it is, sir. Oh my god, Willard. So, okay. I'm glad you're Ma eating well though. Why Master Deuce, Master Deuce, speaking yeah. of eating well, I'm very jealous of you, sir. I saw you ate a bug last night on a stream. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't a good thing. It flew right in my mouth. Oh, boy. If I oh, wish I bug would fly in my mouth. 
Sometimes I've been so hungry, sir, but oh, I don't need to go on about that. How about these kings, sir? Are you having fun with these kings? Oh, every night, every other night. It's a, it's a roller coaster ride of emotion, sir. I do have one question, though, for you both. Oh, yeah, yeah. what? Uh, can you answer? Can you answer me this? Why did Mossadus? Why did the Pelicans hate us so much, sir? <sighs> it's, wow. it's a great question. You feel? It why sounds like. Did, why are they so mean to us, sir? Are you gonna cry, Willard? He's getting emotional about these Pelicans. What on earth did the city of Sacramento ever do to the Pelicans, sir? I, I honestly I can't answer that. I don't know the answer, um, but it just seems like the Kings have a really hard time being too tough on the Pelicans, and the Pelicans take advantage of that, and they eat them alive, Willard. They eat, they feast. It's like having a rock and soul dinner inside the actual diner and not in the dumpster. Oh, one of these days. Master Deuce has promised to take me in Rock and Soul Diner. Every time he walks by me, he promises. But um, no, he hasn't you taken me up on that You've yet. You've seen Willard in the person? Master Deuce thing. Just... Tell, well, tell Willard what you That's what to you told you. me to call you, sir. <laughs> what, what, why are you changing the story in front of You're my chat? A bitch. I would never say that. Uh, I'll, I'll um, call you whatever you want me to call you, sir. <laughs> Willard, I, I, I'm more concerned why we haven't heard from you for like six months. That's I mean, since the question. playoffs. It was a play that we haven't heard from you this yeah. season. Oh, sir. Uh, uh, obviously, being a British orphan in the streets of Sacramento, it is hard to come by some internet, sir. So um, I just so happen to get lucky tonight. I believe there's a satellite passing overhead. I've got an angel on my shoulder, as they say. And um, I was able to get through to you all. Uh, but it's just so nice to uh, be able to check in and talk to you. Um, I do believe it's about dawn now, sir. It's so late in the evening. So um, uh, anything else before I sign <laughs> off or lose internet? I, I have a question, Willard. <laughs> wow, wow, you got more for Willard. Oh, just one, oh, one more, one yeah, more. Yeah. Willard, um, would you, would you want to make a trade for Zach Levine, who's on the Chicago Bulls? Hmm, this is a good question, Master Morgan. No, no, um, no, no, no. I've no. never asked you to call me that. Yes, ma'am. Understood. <laughs> um, Zach Levine brings a lot of athleticism to our backcourt. It's true. Know this? But I do like Kevin Herter. I do believe he's got it in him to find Aww. his shot against her. And as I hold my hat in my hand and I see the stars above the city of Sacramento, I wish, I wish I might that Kevin Herder can make one, one damn shot, sir. One more damn shot for the Whoa. rest of the year. You Please. watch your mouth. Yeah, you watch Willard, your mouth. Why are you I apologize. It's, it, the, it's the first swear the word fuck? I've ever said in my life. <laughs> Well, Willard, I hope you sleep well. Uh, just so you know, it's going to be 36 degrees in Sacramento tonight. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I do hope Rock and Soul brings out the trash tonight, sir, because uh, now I'm uh, uh, looking around, all of this trash is frozen, sir, frozen solid. Well, sleep beams, huh? Toodaloo. <laughs> oh, Willard the Orphan. I can't believe Willard has an avatar now, too. 
so stupid. Oh. I kind of missed Willard. I'm glad he's okay. <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's sleeping in a dumpster near Rock and Soul. Well, I mean, we would all give him a place. He just, doesn't he kind of like it? I think that's all he knows, Morgan. <laughs> it's all he knows. Oh, man. that's What a good night chat tonight, huh? How was that, huh? It yeah. was good. Huh? Huh? Yeah, <laughs> I have fun every night. So, what are you saying? No, it's just it, we you know interacted with the people a little bit. Got some I callers know. in there. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Hopefully, you guys enjoy a day off. And it might be time for Carlin oh, to poop. I, Carlin looks like he's got a poop. This is perfect. I Carlin, do, hold on. Oh no, he's gonna stink up the room. Okay, Carlin, just go. Uh, hey, we love you guys so 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 much. Make sure to drop comments below. Let us know how you feel about the Kings trade ideas, King Sixers, all that. We love you guys, but we got to go. We'll see you Friday. See ya. Oh no, I hit oh, the wrong no. button. Oh no. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. The podcast that you know. Deuce and mo. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Hundred and Fifty. Then place a five dollar wager on any sport. You'll receive one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc